0: Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's 7 o'clock in the morning London time on Thursday the 24th of March. Russian President Putin, who is not an economist, has declared that hostile states must pay for Russian energy in rubles. This is a strategy straight from the playbook of Iraq's Saddam Hussein, Although, to be fair to the Russian President, Russia is not insisting that the money received be deposited with a French bank. What does this change? Absolutely nothing in economic terms. The price of Russian energy is denominated in dollars, ultimately, and will be converted at the prevailing exchange rates. Energy buyers used to give dollars to Russian energy sellers in the oil and gas markets. Now they will give the same amount of dollars to Russian ruble sellers in the foreign exchange markets. So, does it have any relevance? It might conceivably assist in evading sanctions, as another layer of transactions is added into the process, but that does seem a bit far-fetched. Otherwise, it's a signal of Russian President Putin's displeasure with certain countries, but that message has already been communicated pretty effectively. The price of energy was something that the UK government was focused on with Chancellor Sunak making a token cut in the tax on petrol and diesel yesterday. At the end of the day this was a largely empty gesture as Prime Minister Johnson's government is presiding over the biggest tax grab from the UK economy in over 70 years. You cannot tax to the extraordinary level that Prime Minister Johnson has decreed without there being some negative growth consequences. What limits the risk of recession is the fact that there are still some household savings left over from the pandemic, which for some people will help to smooth things over for a while. From the United States, there are durable goods orders for February. Investment spending has not exactly boomed in spite of the extremely low real and nominal interest rates. One reason might be that a lot of the productivity gains since the pandemic have been driven by using existing capital more efficiently and converting consumer goods into capital goods in the process. For instance, a coffee shop like Starbucks does not need to have so many staff if customers are ordering and paying for their coffees on an app on their phones which they already own. The durable goods equipment that brings about that productivity gain is a a consumer good and b provided by the customer and not by the company. There's the normal noise of business sentiment opinion polls to ignore today. More worthy of attention are a handful of central bank speakers. The Federal Reserve's bullard is not perhaps worthy of attention because everybody knows what the US Fed's bullard is going to say. The only question is whether Bullard starts demanding 100 basis point or 200 basis point rate hikes in a single go. The Fed's Kashkari is a different matter and may be assumed to be closer to the centre of Fed thinking. Evans and Waller of the Fed are also scheduled. The Bank of England's Mann and Kataoka are also speaking. And given the differences in emphasis between the Bank of England and the Fed, this may prove a nice contrast in terms of whether central banks are reacting to price inflation or growth deflation. That's all for today. Have a good day.